Welcome to the Inside Aesthetics Podcast. We host real conversations with real experts from around the world. Away from the filtered bubble of social media, our aim is to educate listeners and explore any topic in the cosmetic and wellness space. We also get a unique insight into the business minds of the entrepreneurs and pioneers who have helped shape our industry. This podcast and its related publications provide news and general information about procedures and products. You should seek professional medical advice and assessment before considering any treatment. Merry Christmas, everyone. Our guests today are yours truly, Jake and David. Um, Today, we thought we would just do a nice little simple recap of our year uh, and discuss some of our plans for next year. So hopefully this is very lighthearted. Hope you guys are well. Please stay safe wherever you are around the world and enjoy. And we'll see you guys in 2021. The inmates have taken over the asylum. (laughs) So what a year it's been, huh? It's been a wacky roller coaster ride and back again and it feels like we've, we've kind of gone back again with this new little hot spot in sydney it almost felt like we, we, we were on the road to recovery and <laughs> now we've gone backwards again yeah um, but you know let's uh let's sort of um you know think of the good things that we're still the sun's still shining today it's still christmas things aren't too bad <laughs> could be worse could be living in you know, some of the parts of Europe or the states that are really struggling at the moment. So, I guess we're, we're a lot luckier in that respect. But I guess there's been some positive things for us to come out of, I guess, the lockdown, which was it forced us to really change the way that we record. So, we became really heavily involved with Zoom. We got the webinars done. It forced us to look outside Australia for yeah. our guests because I think before that, we were just relying on people coming in to visit and we'd grab them while they were here. But- yeah, which was difficult, and and then you're at the sort of the mercy of well, who's around. Uh, so hopefully, our listeners have sort of felt like we've diversified a little bit. Um, admittedly, during lockdown, it was difficult, and actually, the sound quality until we got to grip with Zoom suffered. So sorry, guys, but hopefully, we're sort of back on par with our studio recording sort of quality. But um, let's recap the year. Let's go from pre-COVID to now. <laughs> Let let's do it. Well, when was COVID, what started COVID, in March, was it? Or? Which, you know what? Yeah, it's interesting. On my way here, I was listening to our sort of gloomy podcast, which was mm. March the 25th, where we sort of recapped, you know, what happened just before the major lockdown and how crap things were. But um, before that, I think, you know, we were kind of looking forward to a really good year. The podcast was growing. Um, yeah. And then sort of March, in fact, the week before we had Professor Mary Louise McClaws mm. on to, to discuss what is COVID. And it was all just a bit of a, kind of a bit of a, a quirky sort of podcast where we thought, well, this is interesting. And we didn't really maybe appreciate the gravity of what was going to happen just a week later where we went into hard lockdown. Yeah. It was, I think it was a, a big shock for a lot of people in terms of, well, when you think about the fact that we've spent the last, I don't know, 70 or 80 years without any sort of major issues in the world. I mean, obviously you had 9-11 and, 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 you know, that was obviously horrific. But in terms of like a major world disaster, like a war, a pandemic, these th- like people hadn't yeah. even considered this before. They had no major sort of event in their life that would change their perspective on how they view the world and what was important and to be resilient. It was, I think it was a big, big wake up call for a lot of people, including myself. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, um, 
you know, you you lose your sense of self-worth. You don't have a job. You don't know when things are going to go back to normal. You're worried about your kids and your family and money and everyone's stockpiling food. The world went crazy. Toilet and paper. Yeah. Toilet paper became one of the most expensive commodities. It's on happened it. again this week <laughs> in our local oh, calls. Well, I think now they've got... Um, they've stomped on it pretty quickly where they're saying it's a maximum of like two per household. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like- Why? And I never got to the bottom of why toilet roll? Did you- did No you pun understand? intended there. No, seriously. Like, <laughs> why? Why toilet roll of everything? I don't know. I guess the, the idea of people being- I mean, I think I'd be more worried about food. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of ways you can, you know- Get yeah. around the toilet paper issue if you have to, but I mean, <laughs> having, not, um, having not having not food. David's into his enemies. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is a child. This is this is a family friendly program, Jake. No, no, I'll just click the explicit button and then it's it's free for adults as well. Yeah, I don't know, but now they've got a they've clamped on it pretty quickly to stop yeah. the, the panic buying. But it does. It's sort of interesting, you know, when you take away your job, the ability to sort of socialize. You have to be really alone with your thoughts and, and that's actually the problem you know mm. i'm guilty of this as well when i'm bored at home i can't just sit in silence i've got to do something mm. i'll put youtube on i'll put a podcast on put the tv on netflix whatever we all need this distraction now we're just not comfortable just doing nothing needed to go back and listen to the gary goro episode episode about meditation yes because i don't think we actually as humans have enough time to think yeah. And be in our own head. It's always emails, phone calls, bills, social engagements, social media. It's just there's a never-ending bombardment on our nervous system and on our capacity to, I don't know, just in general, just to start a load on people's minds all the time. You don't have the ability to sort of be introspective and think about the things that are really important and to be alone with your thoughts. And it's quite confronting Yeah, when all those distractions are taken away and you're just there with, you know, on your own, really. And actually really relevant to our last couple of podcasts on sleep, mm. where, you know, a lot of people just cannot switch off. They're not used to that. They, they don't know how to do it themselves. Their mind is racing at night and uh, it's just like a recurring cycle. Yeah. And then I guess people start medicating to, to deal with that. They're almost like anesthetizing themselves to go to sleep. Yeah. Which is sad. Mm. So, yeah. So, so I was just... On my way here, I was listening to our podcast where we were sort of, you know, talking about the lockdown and stuff. And it's probably worth just recapping on that because, of course, I think your clinics were closed for about three months, mm. uh, three or four clinics you yeah. own. Mm -hmm. um, how, how how was that? Now you can reflect back on it. Oh, at the time, I didn't feel super duper stressed, but I think retrospectively, I didn't realize how stressed I was. I think you just sort of learn to cope yeah. and put on a brave face and just go, oh, no, it's going to be okay. And then there's a lot of responsibility when you employ people. I guess what made it easier was the fact that there was JobKeeper for people. But but still, I mean, the fact that all these people rely on you for an income mm. and trying to be positive about the fact that it's all going to be all right and everything is going to go back to normal. But it, it's hard to do that because no, it was uncharted territory. You yeah. had economists predicting like horrific, horrific effects like depressions, recessions. Um, you know, people were going out and as we said, like panic buying food because I thought they wouldn't be able to get it. So, it was hard to stay positive and to emanate that. To when the all. world's going crazy around. Yeah, of course. 
And I think you go into almost like a survival mode where you just deal with it. But then once the the pressure comes off, then you sort of cope with it. Sort of like when you, know, you go on your own holidays and then for the first like week you might be sick because you've just yeah. been pushing yourself to get through. And then as soon as your body detects that that stress is gone, then it goes, okay, we can be sick now. And yeah. then you start feeling it afterwards. So, I think after we went back from the lockdown, that's when I sort of felt it hmm. more was just trying to readjust to yeah. normality and then working out like how everything was going to function in this sort of new world that we were living in. Hmm. For the people, you know, who are abroad, maybe got their own um, government support systems or not, well, how did JobKeeper work? And, and is it still working now? Yeah, um, I think it depends on your business situation. So, it is still around, obviously, for people in Victoria that had the extended lockdown. I'm pretty sure it's still going as mm. it was. Um, I think they've reduced it in New South Wales or they're looking to review it in March or something. I think early next year it becomes, it goes to like a, a stage where they reduce it down and then further from there. But I think it depends on your individual business circumstances. So, you've got to be reporting um, your turnover to that to um to the government every month yeah to sort of show how much you're making and then you know if you've got like a certain and I, don't, I haven't looked at it in a little bit but I think being um you have to be able to show that you had a, a significant decline in your in your turnover to to qualify for it yeah and then they give you a, like a monthly yeah. basic wage as it were yeah but there was challenges as well because obviously every time someone now gets a sniffle they think the worst I've got a, I've got COVID I've got to go and get a test see this is and the then thing. they've got to take time off work and then. It's difficult because in one hand, you understand and appreciate that these precautions have to be taken, but it makes it really difficult to run a business when the first sign of someone getting sick, they're having they're going and getting a test and yep. then they have to isolate and then it's like, well, it just makes it makes it hard. And then there was also the issue and, you know, I'm assuming this was a minority, but people just thought, oh, I'm not going to actually go to work at all. It's just easier for me to sit on JobKeeper. So, you had a whole heap of people that were just not motivated to actually have a job at all. Yes. Because they were earning almost as much money by doing nothing. So, there were people that were taking advantage of the system as well. And that makes it incredibly difficult. Yeah. I would imagine for businesses when you've got staff taking, you know, sort of rotting the system. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even for people with kids, like uh, our daycare was actually pretty good where, they stayed open during the lockdown and actually uh, became kind of helpful because the government then supported the you know the fees for daycare but like you said all kids are going to get sniffles in daycare mm. all the time and as soon as anything happens you've got to pull your child out again yeah. and then it's like well what do you do are you in or are you out and, yeah. and there's this constant indecision of where are we going with this mm. that's been the hardest thing mm. if you knew that for 3 months you'd be in lockdown and then we would open you would budget for three months. It's the it was the lack of knowing, and and still we don't know. And you know we're certainly not in a in a bad situation compared to other cities. But I think that's the problem. You just don't know what's happening tomorrow. Yeah, and then there's always the risk that, as you said, it can just happen again. You have like an outbreak, and then certain parts of the country or a certain part of a city or a state might shut down temporarily. And it's just. It feels like there's no certainty with anything anymore. Yeah. Like it could all change tomorrow. <laughs> well, I spoke to my parents this morning. They're in London and, you know, they're in what's called tier four lockdown again. It, you know, it's kind of more severe than mm. it was back in April. And you kind of think, I'm living in this parallel universe. Mm. Like I, I'm, I'm here in Sydney. I've yep. come around to your house. Yeah. 
the world is going on normally. We bought coffees downstairs yeah. and yet my parents are locked away. Yeah. Can't even see their grandkids. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I do another podcast, a bonsai podcast with a friend of mine who lives in the UK and he was just telling me the other day, he's like, I've just bought this turkey and all this food and now my kids can't come and their kids can't come and it's like we're just doing Christmas alone now and yeah. we've got all, it's just been like yeah and, and yeah, horrible I, th I think for a lot of people obviously Christmas Day is you know the biggest day of the year where the family comes and mm -hmm. even if it's one day a year you sort of feel like okay there's some normality to, yeah. to our little family unit and, and even that's been taken away from people so sorry guys if you're out there dealing with that we you know our hearts go out to you and you know we're thinking of everyone but mm -hmm. um yeah it's been a it's been a weird one. <laughs> yeah. So I guess moving on from from COVID, what have been some of the highlight guests for you this year? Such a difficult <laughs> question. It's like asking who's my favourite child. Ah. <laughs> right. Um, which one is it? <laughs> no, I love them both. Um, I guess I'm always going to be sort of thinking about the injectable ones and, uh -huh. and the really meaty ones like Stephen Liu talking about the future of injectables. Yeah. And that was interesting because that was recorded during the lockdown. So I felt like um, it was a really good time to sort of be a bit introspective about the industry as well, rather than, you know, just kind of glossing over things. We really sort of thought about where we are and where we're going. So that was really interesting. I think actually, if you look at our stats, that was one of the highest downloaded ever. Yeah. So it shows that um, it resonated with everyone else. How about yourself? Ooh, I think stem cells probably still just because I've been watching that, those developments or the development in stem cell uh, therapy for like a really long time. And just, I listened to lots of talks on it and read qu quite a bit about it and just sort of hearing like the evidence, well, not evidence, but experiences of people that have got these treatments done. And I, I understand we're probably still a long way from having something that's sort of concrete that you can say, yes, this treatment does this and mm. it's predictable and it's safe and you can replicate it and so on. But I, I think that treating the human body for disease um, and illness, and I think aging will probably be eventually looked at as a, as a, as a disease or an illness. Yeah. Um, probably treating it on a cellular level will probably be the future. I think on from my layman's non-medical brain, <laughs> that's probably where I think it's going. That doesn't mean that cosmetic enhancements won't exist because people will still want to be without wrinkles and they'll still want volume in certain places. But I think- They bloody better do, otherwise I'm out of the job. <laughs> but, you know, if you could just turn off collagen loss and elasticity loss yeah. um, and keep your organs, you know, young and, and, and working properly on a cellular level, I mean, it would just change everything. Well- that's what sun cream and eating well sort mm. of does. Yeah. So hopefully uh, through many of the podcasts we've done, we've tried to yeah. impart that message that prevention and maintenance and thinking about those types of things is going to sort of go halfway there at least. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. I think aging, going back to what I learned at uni, it's, it's just an accumulation of mistakes. Yeah. So cells, you know, they sometimes mutate. That's how cancers come around or they get damaged through smoking, exercise, and actually just living. You know, your metabolism creates um, free radicals yeah. and, and, and that damages your cells. So, yeah, that's why uh, sloths live for so long because they don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I think even people who… And tortoises. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that they, if you look at the um, the blue zones around the world, so the, the, the communities of people that live the longest, 
they've got a lot of things in common in terms of, you know, they don't overeat, you know, there's probably a lot of fasting involved in their, in their diet, mm. they're active, they've, you know, like, they're part of a community, they never really stop working. You know, all these sort of these habits and traits yeah. um, tend to be common amongst all these different areas around the world. And so, yeah, if you're, you know, one of the things we're talking about, like, so if you slow down the amount of food that you're eating or the amount of volume, the volumes that you're eating, I think that it's sort of anecdotally showing that it does extend extend your life. But mm. it seems to be the trade-off sometimes between maybe quality of life and then length of life <laughs> as well. Yeah. Depending on- do you want to be a rock star who goes out at 52? <laughs> what is that thing? Like live fast, die young, leave a good looking body. Was that, is that, was that the saying? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. <laughs> but it's been interesting because the, the podcast has sort of morphed. You know, it started off with just talking about cosmetics and injectables and it's sort of grown into anything to do with looking good and feeling good. So we've had discussions with people on meditation. We've had business insights from, you know, various entrepreneurs in the industry, um, talking to like functional GPs. So, it's been nice to sort of venture out just from aesthetics. And I mean, aesthetics is a big part of your life and my life. But I think that, well, I, I think something that I've known for a while, but just talking to all these different guests and bringing them together and having these, these discussions has made it really clear that, and you know, I sort of talk about this a lot on the podcast, is that it all, it all fits together. It's the yin and the yang. That's why I need you and that's why you need me. <laughs> it's true though, you know, you, you, you can do all of the treatments and, and, and all of the superficialities, but if you're not healthy and in the right mental and spiritual place, you know, then you, you're never going to be your, yeah. your optimum. Yeah. So uh, it's all relevant and uh, we'll certainly continue um, yeah. you know, all of those themes next year. Yeah. Well, um, you know, you got me this um, whoop strap for my for my um, birthday and it's been um, been watching like my HRV so my, my heart rate variability did and you say HIV HRV <laughs> HRV <laughs> HRV okay heart, heart, heart rate variability yeah and just noticing sort of when it goes up and when it goes down and so what does that mean the, I think it's the time between your heartbeats okay and so I think the higher the number the better mm -hmm. is from what I understand but when you do things that make you happy, apparently, it, it like it, like Millie was like my my um my partner was saying that when she comes over to my parents' house, and um, <laughs> it goes yeah. down, it crush it crashes. No, it goes up because it's just being around <laughs> around family and people that care about you and those sorts of things. Oh, that's so it's nice. kind of I was just like wow because she was like you know she's almost as cynical as you about it you know about these types of things. Where's the study? Where's the evidence? But she was just noticing oh, every time I go to your parents' house and we're all together as a, like as a as a family that the HRV goes up. So, no, that's interesting. You know, you get a little, who knows, a little spike of dopamine, the, the feel yeah. good or serotonin. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, talking to all these different people and, and sort of, sometimes I forget that this is actually a podcast. Sometimes I just sit here and just enjoy like hanging out with you and just talking to these people. Like, yeah, because we've had some incredible people on. I mean, people that are at the top of their game, um, feel really lucky that we just get to sit here and, ha you know, pick their brain for an hour, hour and a half. And then, yeah, sometimes I just forget that this is all being recorded and, you know, 10 to 15,000 people are going to hear it. Yeah. Um, it's just selfishly just enjoying just gathering this knowledge from all these people. Well, yeah, I've just been compiling our little um, sort of uh, guest uh, compilation video yeah. for, for Christmas. And we'll probably have to chop that up into multiple videos because there's so many. But um, 
yeah, just flicking through the people who we've had on and and the things that they they're doing in their own career and like you said, top of their game. It's actually quite um, awe inspiring still to know that you know we've become friendly with these people. We can reach out, ask them questions. Uh, hopefully, we can expand on some of those podcasts in the future. And uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Mm. So yeah, I, I'm still curious to know what our listeners really want to listen to. So if you are listening to this and there's something that we haven't covered yet and you're thinking, God, I really wish that did a podcast on X, let us know. Reach mm. out, DM us um, on Instagram, inside underscore aesthetics um, or however you want to communicate with us. Just let us know because we're always happy to be flexible. There isn't a right and wrong with what we're doing with inside aesthetics. Mm. In terms of plans for next year we're calling it we're calling it like season two season three because it feels like we've been going for two years now so it must be season three well i think just for the n- nomenclature of uh, apple Podcasts, we'll just always have it as season one but yeah it feels like a season three um it will be quite different this year because we i think we've got a little bit more professional um <laughs> we've just invested in a bit of fancy kit here obviously you guys can't see it. it's called a roadcaster pro so hopefully it makes our recording process a bit easier i mean i know that that probably doesn't come across when we have the final edited version it's seamless but yeah <laughs> it's a complete head fuck sometimes yeah just all the all the all the chops and bits and pieces that sometimes need to come out and stitch it back together so it sounds seamless so thank you andy for all of your uh <laughs> tireless work and jake going through and doing the edits every week and showing him what he needs to do but this thing will allow us to potentially be together in the same room while we zoom because we've got a lot of zoom guests yeah. lined up for next year so you and i will sound like we do at the moment even yeah. if we're going through zoom well maybe people don't realize that since moving to zoom you know i've basically just been at home you've been in yeah. your home and obviously the guest is at home and actually having a conversation where three people are in separate rooms and countries is actually not that easy yeah um or internet too sometimes with the lag and the internet speed yeah so there's been many times where we've stumbled and talked over each other and had to restart and yeah big um sort of pauses where people's speech went robotic and hopefully you know what what's actually pumped out sort of sounds like a coherent conversation i yeah. think it does and then video is coming too and as much as i like to remain low profile i've been forced um <laughs> by jake uh, <laughs> No, I think um, we we actually said that we would do this a year ago. And then, of course, with the whole COVID thing, everything got put on the back burner. But for many reasons, I think it makes sense for us to start capturing the video content as well. Yeah. One for growth, because mm-hmm. then we can go onto YouTube and, and speak to different um audience audience exactly. But also, you know, it's nice to showcase our guests better. Yeah. Um, Yes, some of our guests are high profile and some less so. So it's nice for our listeners and, and viewers to sort of understand a bit more about the podcast, see what, so what actually happens yeah. during a recording. I'll have to start wearing pants. <laughs> no more Donald Ducking. No. <laughs> well, it's also sometimes because the guests are quite animated and they're explaining things or they're showing us something. And yeah. it's so nice to sort of see if they're using hand gestures and so on, if you can sit there and actually watch it. And so what we're looking to do is similar to what, um, I guess, if anyone that watches Rogan's podcasts on, well, he's not on YouTube anymore, is he? He's gone purely to Spotify. But if you look at his clips, um, where he's got little two, three, five, seven minute clips of like certain topics that are sort of highlighted through the various conversations he has, we'll be looking to do the same thing. So every episode 
will have a number of like small clips, dot like in little bite-sized chunks yeah. um, from highlights of the conversation. So hopefully that will help people that don't want to sit there and listen to like us drone on for an hour, an hour and a half, but they go, oh, that, that clip looks interesting. I want to hear about, you know, Dr. Tavakoli talking about breast implant illness or some, or whatever, um, they can just click on that video and watch it and yeah. then it'll help. Uh, yeah. But the core offering will still be the audio yeah. podcast. That's where you'll hear the whole conversation from start to end. Yeah. You know, and I think most people who listen to podcasts still do do it when they're doing something else like driving or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, going for a walk. That's where most people catch up with their podcasts. So, you know, it might suit some people, it might not suit others, but, um, yeah, we're just sort of trying to expand that offering and give you guys more. Yeah. So, we've got the video content coming. We've got some exciting projects. So, you've got the beauty trends around the world. Yeah. I still haven't decided on what we're going to call it, but it will be something like the beauty of the world. Yeah. And what we're going to do is we've invited seven key opinion leaders, very well known. We'll, we'll sort of release those names a bit later, who are going to talk about beauty, aesthetics and the injectable market within their own continent. Mm. So it's interesting. So we're going to look at South America, Africa, India and the Asian subcontinent, Asia, Europe um, and the Middle East. Yeah. So, you know, we'll obviously sort of loosely discuss what what does beauty mean in your own part of the world but then also sort of drill down into the injectable market because it you know while superficially it's the same it's actually quite different in some of the some of the markets and be interested in about pricing and products and what's available all of that stuff Mm. so that's kind of kind of be like a mini series almost yeah i always like looking at different parts of the world and getting an idea for what they consider beauty Yes. Because it's so different, really, when you think about facial shapes, certain treatments and approaches to different bone structures, different sort of cultural cultural norms. It's, yes. Yeah, it's going to be quite, quite eye-opening, I think. Yeah, I was doing some research for the one on Africa and I was talking to a colleague who has taught um, he's from uh, Lebanon, but he's been to Tunisia and Morocco to teach injectables. Right. And one weird quirk that came out of it, he said that in one of the countries, a chin dimple was seen as like totally sexy. Mm-hmm. And the other country it's seen as totally crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're in the same part of the world. Mm. So just these weird cultural nuances, yeah. hopefully we'll kind of drill down into some of those. Yeah. And, um, you know, just showcase a little bit more about, um, Injectable. I know that injectable seems to be the thing that people really, really want um, for our core listeners. Obviously, we need to cater for everyone. So what we might do is with the mini series on the beauty of the world, we'll actually release that as a second podcast per week. Uh, so there's six of them. So we might stagger them once a fortnight, once a month, uh, depending on our recording schedule, but continue to do the Friday sort of core podcast where we go on the more diverse topics. Yeah. Gosh, we'd like to be able to go on the road too, right? Yeah. Well, look, with this, with this new kit, we, it may well allow us to. The problem is flying mm-hmm. and COVID yeah. and uh, state borders, et cetera. Yeah. Because we were like, before this all happened, we were talking about doing a road trip to Melbourne, maybe to uh, Queensland and even internationally where we could actually go over and actually meet a whole bunch of people and do in-studio podcast with them on site where they are that would be awesome yeah i mean look zoom has been amazing and i actually think that we should we still should try and reach out to zoom to actually speak to them yeah and do a business type podcast where we discuss 
you know, they must have gone like 800%, yeah. 1,000% growth yeah. in, in about shares. two months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a, I think uh, Dr. Dev Banerjee sort of touched on this in his second podcast. He said, you know, doing a Zoom is a bit of an art. Mm. It's, it's different. It's, it's not, it's, it's neither having someone on the phone or having them in person. It's, it's kind of a bit of both. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're still sort of learning how to do it properly. But yeah, if we could go to America, mm. if we could go to other countries and, and do in-person podcasts, I think it'd be a lot richer. Oh yeah. And just the amount, the guests that we'd be able to have access to when you, when you're on their doorstep. Would yeah. Be great. And plus it's tax deductible. It's a genuine business expense. <laughs> so why not? Um, but you're right. It's weird with Zoom, right? Because you can see people and you can hear them, but you can't feel their energy. Yeah. Or their tonality sometimes. Yeah, it gets lost a little bit. It sort of becomes a bit muted. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so let's see where we go with um, with our new Roadcaster Pro. Yeah, I just got to work out how to use it. As I said, it, it says it's simple, but we'll see. Well, actually, the, the other cool function that <laughs> we will see if we can drop in, I don't know how we'll coordinate this, but people can actually call in. Yeah. And potentially, rather than us doing our stories and, you know, asking people, what would you like to ask the guest, which is a bit clunky and yep. some people miss the story, we can actually advertise a time where we were recording and people could actually call in and ask a live yeah. question. How or we cool could just do, um, yeah, we could do like an Instagram live 10 minutes before we go live and just let people know they can see us setting up and say, we're going to be live in 10 minutes. Here's the number to call through. Yeah. Well, look, now we're a little bit more organized. We could actually advertise, we could almost have a, like a timetable of what's happening and when mm. and then you're right just remind people with an instagram story or a live and uh trying to get a bit more participation i mean i know that people love consuming the podcast we're getting 10 to fifteen thousand downloads a month from all over the world it's awesome we love you guys but a bit of interaction would be great because then i think it steers things better to what you want rather than just us assuming you know yeah. this would be great <laughs> yeah just and also just adds another element just throws something, another spanner in the works, which add to the dynamic yeah. unpredictability of, of the discussion, which I think is what I like about them is that, you know, I know you're a planner and you like to write a lot of stuff out and I'm probably the opposite and sort of we meet somewhere in the middle and it kind of works, but it's, it'd be nice having that. Spontaneity. Yeah. That just unknown element of this person that's going to call up and, yeah. you know, just add a different energy into the conversation and yeah, just take it in a different direction, which is nice. Take some of the pressure off us. <laughs> and put our guests on the spot occasionally. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I have to be honest, um, there's very little editing that goes into the podcast. I mean, of course, we try to get rid of any coughs and ums and ahs and yep. um, sound checks and things like that. But, um, you know, we want people to realize that the podcast is, is as organic and unbiased as possible. So if you, you know, if people can have the opportunity to call in and ask whatever they like. Yeah. Within reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, then that will add to that sort of authenticity. Yeah. And um, we had a pretty big guest for our 100th episode, which um, was pretty exciting for us. Um, Dr. Paul Nassif. Yeah, from Botched. Um, yeah, I'm sort of happy to, to announce his name now because today we did a post sort yes. of teasing. Um, so, how did that all come about? Um, well, I was um, at dinner with a few friends and one of those was um, Dr. Kurosh Tavakoli and we were just having a chat and I'd noticed that he'd um, taken photos with um, Dr. Nassif before on his Instagram. Like, oh, do you know him? He goes, oh yeah, he's a friend of mine. He's a nice guy. I said, do you reckon you'd be able to see whether he would come on the podcast? He goes, oh yeah, sure. So, I sent him a text message and he goes, yeah, get them to email me. And then next thing we know, um, 
we're having a podcast with him. So, which is great. Yeah. I mean, you know, just goes to show, you know, like it's sometimes not what you know, but it's who you know. Um, and so yeah. thank you, Dr. Tav, for the hookup. That was amazing. Thank you. Hooking your brothers up. Yeah. Um, so that will be released January 15th. Yeah. Um, so that's coming, guys. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll try and, um, if we can utilize the zoom video that we did as well, just so you can obviously um, see Dr. Nassif as well. We'll just have to see how we go with our video editing process. It's mm. still in its infancy. Yeah. It was quite a in eye opening discussion because one of the things that we talked to him about was the fact that he, even before the show, he had made his mark or he had chosen particular niche of the industry to take on revision cases. Yeah. And not only just any revision cases, predominantly faced like rhinoplasty, yeah. which is like if you ask our good friend, Dr. Shahidi or anyone else that does rhinoplasty, it's probably one of the most technically difficult, fraught with danger, Complaints. such a sm small margin for error, long healing recovery time. So, quite an emotional journey for the patient. It's hard enough to do that as a primary surgery from the beginning, but then to go back in and try and correct something that's gone wrong. And that might be something the doctor's done wrong or something that's just happened as a result of just Bad patient's luck. recovery or what have you. Um, it was crazy to hear that that's what he actually set out to do with his career. Well, it's interesting. Obviously, you know, growing up and, and working in Beverly Hills, he decided deliberately, and this is what he told us on the podcast, that he needed to do something that was out there yeah you know you can't just be the guy doing you know standard breast org or, yeah. or anything else you just be one of a thousand yeah so yeah kudos to dr nasif not only for what he does but for giving us his time and yeah um you know for, for sharing some jokes and and um you know busy man he's just had a baby yeah a baby paulina so um yeah thanks again if you're listening and um yeah we'll be releasing that one in january so is that you're going to take a leaf out of dr nasif's book are you going to be the injector that takes on all the botched injectables we can do it <laughs> <laughs> Seems to happen every third week anyway. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, look, um, I think this is something that, um, I don't know if there's, there's probably is legs to do a podcast on this as a as a topic, yeah. but the amount of work that, that's being done, I mean, you know, there's mm. so many, so many clinics now around the country and particularly in Sydney mm. that, you know, just the volume of work that be, being pumped out, that the quality can never be maintained as being excellent there's obviously a variability in, in everything that people do and um i think you know there's some unusual people unusual looking people walking around what's the most common thing that you see that's an issue i'm assuming you've seen enough now to be able to um what comes to me is under eyes yeah uh because um you know it's interesting it's like because i showcase a lot of under eyes on my instagram I get people coming for under eye treatment, primary under eye treatment, or for stuff ups. Mm. So it's it's interesting what you put out, you sort of receive. Yeah, um, you, you develop your own niche. Yeah, how I think. Do you, how do you feel about that though? It's quite a difficult area. Uh, right? Yeah, it's it's tricky. I, I take every case on its merits. Mm. So you know, I always try and help people. My primary, I guess, job is being a doctor, not an injector. And these people often have nowhere to go. They, they'll, they'll call clinics and they'll be told, sorry, go back to your, your first injector who did this. Sometimes these people just disappear. You know, they, they just sort of disappear off the map and then where do these people go? Yeah, um, It's always tricky because, um, you know, you're, you're just trying to help. So that might involve 
just talking to someone, you might not even do anything. Uh, it might just need time or it might need a treatment like a dissolve. And uh, the problem is that once you dissolve some work, that for a period of time at least, they're gonna look worse. They're gonna look empty and hollow and maybe asymmetrical. And then there's this panic period where they're calling you saying, I now look worse. What do we do? When can we, when can I, can I come in tomorrow and be refilled? Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay. So I think um, that, that first consultation where you look at the problems got to be done quite delicately. And, you know, you've got to be honest with people and say, look, I can, or I can't help you. If I can help you, it's going to be a bit of a rocky road. You might have a period where we have to leave you before you're healed and the swelling's gone and then we can consider refilling you. Even if we do refill you, it might take a couple of sessions. It could be more expensive than your primary treatment and so on. So it's it's really difficult, but someone's got to own it. Someone mm. does have to. I know we don't want to make this an injectables podcast, but do you think that um, the problem is more patient selection than the treatment itself in terms of to be an ideal candidate for like sort of tear troughs under eye area, mm. very specific sort of set of parameters that that person needs to fall into. And then anyone that falls outside of that, there's a high risk that it's going to go lumpy. It won't look right. It's going to move. It's just going to, you could throw a thousand mils in there and it's still going to look hollow. Yeah. Is it, do you think it's patient selection? I think it's multifactorial. I mean, even if you just, you know, you, you, I could show a hundred injectors a photo of someone, which isn't the best way of mm -hmm. assessing a patient, but, you know, just a broad sort of um, test of people's knowledge. Some people will say, yep, that's totally treatable. Some people say, no, that's pigmentation. Some people say, no, that needs surgery. And so even getting the diagnosis right is hard. For, for particularly the under eye, because there's so many factors. Is it the fat? Is it the skin? Is it the skin color? Is it the cheek? Is it everything? Is it nothing? Um, and so on. So I think, you know, it, it's about the, the experience of the injector a lot of the time. Some people take on stuff that maybe should never have been touched. <sighs> you know, and maybe there's a sort of a, a business angle to that. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're working in a busy clinic and maybe you're an inexperienced injector, you want to do what you think is right for your patient. So you try and treat them and it doesn't always go right. So it's, it's really difficult to answer. And then, of course, there's product choice and so on. Yeah. Well, I like the idea of the, the little group that you formed on WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's something that needs to happen more is injectors forming their own little communities yeah. where they actually take photos and say, hey, what do you think about this? How would you treat this? Is this a no-go? Yeah. How would you approach it? Because I think that together, as a community, we can probably do better. Yeah, look, I think um, we do see that on Facebook. There's mm. quite a few injectable yeah. forums. Okay. I know there's a, a reasonably significant one called the Cosmetic Nurse Forum, I think, yeah. on Facebook. You know, and people do discuss cases. Of course, you've got to be careful about confidentiality and keeping anonymity and stuff. But um, collaboration is the key. You know, whether you're an injector or, or in what you do in, mm. in business, you can't do it alone. You, you need to reach out for help when, when you need it. Um, we, we've got our own skill sets. Um, you know, I certainly discuss cases myself with um, experienced colleagues from, from all over the place around the world. Um, and, you know, in, and even then sometimes you don't get an answer, but at least it gives you confidence to say no. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay to say no if you still don't know how to do something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, we've discussed it before this whole kind of competitive nature to what specifically seems to happen in the aesthetic industry is not going to work. Yeah. We need to work together and hopefully the podcast gives some sort of, um, feeling of a bit of a fraternity in, in, in what we're doing. Yeah. Well, we've had 
everyone on really from nurse injectors to cosmetic physicians to cosmetic surgeons to plastic surgeons to dermatologists yeah you know anesthetists yeah we've tried dentists dentists yeah so we all have a, a role to play in the industry yeah mm. so 2021 yes. for your clinics and business tell me oof i don't know let's assume that we get a vaccine in Australia at some point in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. um, so COVID kind of becomes more manageable. Mm -hmm. what, what's the plan? I think, you know, get back on the trajectory that we were on before it, to be honest with you. I think that, you know, there has been some disruptions, like all the extra steps you need to take now. Um, just take more time. So, it, you, you know, you do lose, you know, business efficiency. Yep. by having to take all those extra precautions, which I completely understand need to be done, but it does ha it does have an impact. Um, it'd be good to have a workforce that's motivated to to actually go out and s seek work um, rather than having to have that, I guess, that fallback position where they don't actually feel like they don't have to because that has definitely been challenging in terms of holding and, and keeping staff. So yep. that would be great for that to return to normal. But I still think the indices. In its, I think the industry is still in its infancy. I mean, the market penetration for injectables is so low. I think it's still around the 10% mark. But actually, if you look around the world, that's huge. Yeah. Many countries and, and most countries in Europe are around 2 or 3%. Yeah. So, Australia's killing it. Yeah. And yet, as you say, you could, you know, do a little survey in Westfield and most people probably wouldn't have had injectables. Yeah. So, the like you say, the penetration and growth is exponential still. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to perhaps, you know, new procedures coming to our clinics, um, which, you know, is not really in my control, yeah. unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I think it would just be good to get back on the path of where we were before um, and just, I guess, just gives you another level of appreciation for what we had yeah. before things sort of turned pear-shaped. So, and just some predictability. Yeah. I mean, being a business owner is unpredictable anyway. But um, this certainly makes it more unpredictable. Definitely. Um, looking forward to, you know, some of those treatments that Dr. Liu alluded to, those products coming out, which will be really exciting, which I think will change the game yeah, again. Like, I think it could be a few more years, but um, not not 10 years, but probably closer to five or right. three. Yeah. But who knows? You know, the, 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 we've said this a few times. I think the the game changer will be something that, that um, works on skin laxity, yep. elasticity. Um, just had a patient yesterday who I was examining and just had to be brutally honest and say, look, because she was asking about things like HIFU, which is um, mm. sort of ultrasound treatments versus um, collagen stimulators mm -hmm. versus HAs. And I said, look, you could do all of these things, but the issue is the looseness of your skin. Mm -hmm. And uh, and even if you went down the path of a facelift, then you'd need some volume. Yeah. So it's that, yeah, we need, we need that game-changing non-surgical skin tightener. Mm -hmm. And then everything else that we already have will sort of do the rest. Yeah. Because that's a problem, isn't it? If you have the the loose floppy canvas and if you try and stick things under it, it just – then you start getting that overfilled look where people just put more and more and more in and then you start to look like that, you know, that pillow face, chipmunk yeah. sort of look where you, all your features become like this blurred – Sort of. But how do we stop that? And and going back to the sort of the complications and the sort of the botch jobs, how do we get some common consensus on what is appropriate? That that's the key. That's yeah. the challenge of our whole industry. Well, like I definitely think like the whole the whole dysmorphia thing is an issue because I think 
because there's so many people, well, not so many, but there's a significant number of people walking around who sort of look like that. And the more people that look like that, it creates like what is almost considered normal. Correct. And then- Particularly when it's filtered and Instagram serving you up the same photos. Yeah. And also sometimes those people, like they'll look pretty okay in a, in a, in a photo with make, but then like when you see them in real life, it's something just- When they turn to the side. Yeah. When you're seeing the face under animation and they turn to the side and you're seeing them in 3D, it sometimes can look quite odd. Whereas in, in the photo, it looks yeah. relatively okay. Yeah. So, I think there's something that's lost in, in translation with social media as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a, a bit of a concern that I think that people just in desperation to like be youthful, they're, they're overfilling the face and then you sort of get, and then they start to lose their identity. You start to get this sort of same, same, same look that people sometimes have. Yeah. That sort of, Which, I don't know, their features sort of sort of start to blend and. But, but, you know, but weirdly young people kind of aspire to that sometimes. So yeah. That, that's the kind of the challenge that you, you can actually say to someone, I don't think that's going to look great. Yeah. And they'll say, I know, but I want it. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Some people like that look, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess. Well, you know, that's, it's just fashion and trends like everything else, like clothes and cars and big booties and yeah. tattoos and, and everything else you either like or you don't, none of it is right or wrong. Yeah. It's just uh taste, yeah. I guess, you yeah. know, and, and as an injector or a, cosmetic surgeon or a plastic surgeon you develop your own style mm -hmm. so you know there's plenty of injectors and, and surgeons who will cater to all needs yeah and i think you know paul nasif touched on that in in yep. his um in his podcast he said we never judge and that's kind of key um but you know it's okay to to say no or yes and and have your own style of of, of what you deliver for people and yeah that, and that that's what makes the world um Unique and different. Unique, yeah, exactly. Everyone's got their own. Everyone's got their own style, right? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. As you think about like the stuff my parents used to, say, I can't believe you're doing that to your hair, or I can't believe you're getting a tattoo. What or, hair? Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. well, I still get told to grow it back all the time. It's just. Can you grow it back for yeah. me, just so I can laugh at you? No. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Yes. Will I know? <laughs> I won't have to take you seriously. <laughs> Maybe I'll shave mine off and you grow yours, and we'll just do like a a, a role reversal. For <laughs> I think you'd look like a terrorist if you shaved your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it would work. Maybe. Have you shaved it before? Yeah. When I was about, uh, I'll see if I can find a photo. I'll send it to Please you. Do. When I was about. 14, 15, I was literally like you, skinhead. Really? Yeah, I looked like a thug. <laughs> Wasn't good. <laughs> so, we've been speaking for 45 minutes just about everything, really. The podcast, what's happened, what's going to be happening. Um, thank you, everyone that's made this possible this year and all the people that have tuned in and listened and supported us and recommended guests to us. And it's been, it's been great. It's been really, really good. And I think next year is going to be taking things to another level yeah thanks guys um we do hugely appreciate your support of course mostly the listeners who who are sort of helping drive this and um opening up avenues for for more guests who see how popular the podcast is um and uh, we wish you all a merry christmas hope you guys are safe around the world um you know just lock yourselves up and don't do anything silly just you know just enjoy your, your time with your families Absolutely. Well, I can only echo those comments and um, looking forward to 2021. Awesome, mate. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of your help. <laughs> it's been uh, up and down. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a rough year. <laughs> look, I mean, look, joking aside, uh, you know, you've been a rock of support. Uh, you're a brother to me. Um, yes, we occasionally have our little tiffs because things get 
pretty crazy with juggling work and kids and late night podcasts, early morning podcasts, yeah. um, trying to get edits done, uh, you know, with the, <laughs> with like candles burning at midnight, trying <laughs> yeah. to get things done for the next day. Yeah. Um, but I uh, appreciate all of your support. I love you. Yeah. Love you too, buddy. And happy Hanukkah. For, happy Hanukkah. Happy Christmas. And um, yeah, well, if it wasn't for you, there wouldn't even be a podcast because it was your idea and <laughs> you kindly asked me to come on initially as a guest and then co-host. So thank you. And it's, it's been great, actually. It's been great. Really, really good. And um, I think it's only going to get better from here. 100%. Well, guys, we won't drone on for any longer. Um, hopefully that's kind of a little recap of, of where we've come from and where we're going. Um, and uh, we'll see you all in 2021. Have a good one. Have a safe Christmas and a happy new year. For our latest news, upcoming guests and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at inside underscore aesthetics. During the week before every recording, look out for our Instagram stories as we'll give you the opportunity to submit your questions to our guests and get a shout out. You can also DM us for any other information, suggestions or guest requests.